Welcome to Talking Tourism, the podcast series created specifically for tourism operators. Talking Tourism, the expert series, is the ultimate resource for business owners who want to lift their skills to the next level. If you want to learn how to be a better tourism operator, listen on. And welcome to Talking Tourism, the podcast series especially for tourism operators and industry professionals. I'm your host today, Sam Denmead, and I'll be talking to the beautiful Sarah Clark from Intrepid Travel. So before we get into that, just wanted to remind you if you're a regular listener, welcome back. But if you are a first time listener and you enjoy today's episode, there are loads more on the TICT website if you want to hear about anything tourism related, particularly about Tasmania. So let's get into our conversation for today. Sarah Clark, welcome. Hi, Sam. Great to be here. Great to have you here. It's lovely to know that you are Tasmanian and back in Tasmania. Yes, absolutely. What brings you back to Tasmania this time, Sarah? Yeah, well, I always wanted to to come back to Tassie. I've spent most of my adult life in um, the US and, and UK. So it's really great to be back to Tassie. It definitely was a little forced with COVID hitting. So I was based in Melbourne before, but um, I'm working for Intrepid now, um, based out of my Hobart home. How fantastic. Yeah, it's very Thanks exciting. to Zoom, is it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Lots of lots of teams meetings. Yeah, right. Teams. Yeah. So obviously you've got a, a huge team that you, you talk to at Intrepid and you've been at Intrepid for how long? So I've been at Intrepid for just over three years now. And tell us a bit about how you got to be there. So I started my tourism career actually in Tassie. So I was working with um, innkeepers with Ian Rankin. And then I headed across to Canada and looked after the sales and marketing for Top Deck. I actually was a tour guide throughout university, um, so up and down the east coast of Australia and over in New Zealand. So it was over in Canada for a while. Um, I then moved to Dallas, uh, worked for STA Travel there. I came back to Brisbane with Top Deck and then went back over to London um, and headed up the global operations for them. And then I actually decided to take a year off. So I wanted to be have that feeling of travelling again. Uh, so I travelled for a year, sailed across the Pacific Ocean, climbed Everest, did a few adventure pieces and then really wanted to end with a business that I felt could deliver and really touch a lot of global travel and and really have a benefit on travel across the world. So that was Intrepid. So what better background to bring to the role of Managing Director of the Asia-Pacific Division for Intrepid? That's a pretty crazy you know, pathway you've had there. Yeah, it, it has been. And it's it's quite nice that I've had that um, tour guide operation side of things. But really, um, you know, in sort of the last 10 years or so, it's been more uh, the marketing side. So there's a lot of changes at Intrepid, which I want to ask you about. But up until COVID, you, uh, I recall hearing you say that you're Intrepid of the world's largest travel adventure company operating in 130 countries. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So in uh, pre-COVID, we were carrying around 450,000 customers each year across 130 countries. And we had around 2,500 staff and 70 different nationalities. So very much a true global company. And so March 
2019 hits. What happened then to Intrepid? March 2020. Oh, yeah, right. Go on. Uh, Yeah, so we actually, um, we went into crisis mode because we had customers all around the world. So we had about three or 4,000 customers that we had to try and get home. They were stuck in countries like Morocco, um, all across the world. And so our ops team really went into, yeah, crisis mode, getting them all home, dealing with a lot of governments to try and repatriate them. And so we went into that. Uh, Obviously, everyone went into lockdown. Um, We made some early calls to reduce our staff immediately because we could see what what that outlook was. Um, So we needed to reduce our our costs. So at at the end of 2020, we had reduced our staff by around 48%, um, which is huge. And, And obviously, that's got a massive impact on a lot of the tour guides in countries where there is no government support. So it's been, yeah, definitely a challenging 18 months. Did you ever think it was going to last this long when it hit? No, absolutely not. Things happen so rapidly. And even if you think back a couple of weeks or a couple of months, you had a different outlook or a different timeline on when international travel was going to return. So so when do you think it will return? Well, it depends what country you're in because it actually has returned already. Um, we're seeing, you know, pre-COVID numbers out of our US office, we're, we're exceeding them at the moment. So the, the US travellers, they're, they're out there, they're moving about. Euro summer 21 is happening. Um, so when you're coming from a, a, a country like Australia, um, it's hard to believe that there is travel happening at the moment. But from Australia, hopefully we'll see some bubbles in, in 22, in likes of, of Singapore, Japan, New Zealand, maybe even the UK. And, you know, we just have to get our vaccination rates up there. And so what do you think the the trend's going to be? What do you think, when when do you think it will return to normal? Is there some sort of insight you've got into that? (laughs) i just get my crystal ball out. (laughs) No, I I don't know if it will return to normal and what what is normal. I think we need to create our post-COVID global travel recovery. You know, it it needs to be more sustainable. We need to um, be... You know, I think people will be more considered in the way that they travel. Um, they'll take longer trips. Uh, I think airfares will be very up and down. You'll see really strong price points immediately, but then, you know, airlines, they've had a really tough couple of years as well. So we'll see some pr- probably some high prices as well there. And is there anything that you think in terms of recovery that, that you can tell Tasmanians about? Like, how do you see Tasmania fitting into the recovery period? Yeah, I think Tasmania is just so beautifully placed for the recovery, um, both from a domestic perspective and also international when when the international borders open. I mean, people are really looking to get out into nature to, they want sustainable experiences um, and they want kind of eco, off-grid, you know, get me away from what I've been in in the last couple of years. So I think Tassie is really well placed and we've got this amazing food and food and beverage culture now as well. Arts, you know, it, it's just from when I was growing up here, it's just changed so substantially for the better. And that's where the domestic traveller um, is wanting to go. And then as international opens up, it's going to be yeah really well placed. So it, it's a bright future for Tassie tourism, for sure. And what are you seeing from an intrepid travel point of, point of view, like from the perspective of your experience with interest in Tasmania, as opposed to other destinations you travel to? What are you seeing? Yeah, I mean, we've seen a huge interest from our Australian travellers in interest into Tasmania. Typically, we were an outbound 
company. And so our Australian travellers would travel to Vietnam or, or wherever. And obviously um, that's that's definitely changed the landscape. So the interest in Tassie has been huge from our Australian travellers. They're really looking for those nature-based active experiences. So our hiking and our cycling has been super popular here. And yeah, it's. Uh, it, I think it will be, as I mentioned, a great destination for, for Australians. In terms of other tourism operators, what sort of advice or suggestions could you give them to think about between now and normalcy returning, if there is such a thing? Um, do you have any suggestions for, for what they can be doing to plan to get through this period? Yeah, I mean, it, it's really tough when you've just been through what we have in the, in the last 18 months, especially as owner-operators as well. But focusing on um, ensuring that your experiences are delivering a positive impact to, to the communities that you're operating in as well as the planet is, um, you know, we're seeing a huge trend in people wanting to purchase from and engage with companies that uh, are displaying those sort of products. Um, so that would definitely be one of them. I think the customer expectations have changed quite substantially. People are really used to digital experience. There's been a huge digital adoption, uh, especially in Australia. And so ensuring that the product is available in a way that consumers want to engage with it and, you know, your trip doesn't, their holiday doesn't start when they necessarily get to the destination. It's about the experience that they can get, um, whether it's online or speaking to consultants or through trade, whatever that is, just making sure that, you know, we're delivering that customer experience. And what about the expectation of customers now in terms of cancellations and lead times? What's happening in that space? Yeah, it's, it's been a bit of a whirlwind. I think that the key thing is really just to be transparent um, and be open with customers. You don't necessarily have to have a money back guarantee, but you need to be upfront with what your policies are and you need to be flexible in a way that fits with your brand and also with your customer. So, Sarah, have you got any any other suggestions for Tasmanian operators in terms of what opportunities they might be able to tap into if they need to pivot or look to diversify their product? What, what sort of opportunities are out there that you think people should tap into? I mentioned around the sustainability side of things before. There's some great content out there and Intrepid, we've released a free guide on basically the, the top 10 things that you can do to decarbonise your business. Uh, so, Sarah, tell me about how you think vaccines fit into the future of tourism and what operators need to understand about that. Yeah, well, it's um, it's definitely a key topic at, at the moment. And obviously, the key to recovery is around vaccinations. And we're hearing from our leaders at the moment, we need to hit that 70 or 80% mark before we can see even state borders open. And we've seen Qantas come out yesterday saying that mandatory vaccinations for all of their staff. Intrepid have said anyone travelling with us on a trip from the 1st of September has to be vaccinated. So it's definitely um, something that we need to be 100% across and, and aware of. One thing that I think from a, a global travel industry perspective is that we're not seeing the equity of vaccinations being delivered. So unfortunately, out of the 4.5 billion vaccinations that have been administered globally, only 1% of those have been administered to low-income countries. So we're not going to see travel uh, return in in any way similar to pre-COVID levels until we have vaccination rates across all countries. And I was reading uh, the World Health Organization mentioned that for us to basically declare that the pandemic is over, 
we need to see 40% vaccination rates in every country around the world. And that 1% is a far cry from that. Wow, we've got a long way to go. How long yeah. do you reckon it'll take for this to happen? I, I, I couldn't tell you. Mm. I, I have no idea. I mean, there's there's organisations like um, UNICEF um, that are supporting COVAX, which is global organisation trying to distribute vaccinations. Um, and we're seeing some larger countries contribute to that now, but it's very political. So as, at the moment today, um, Tasmania is leading the way in terms of vaccination of its residents and there's been a call for visitors to the state to have to, ha- to have mandatory vaccination. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I think T- Tassie's doing a great job with, with vaccinations. Um, proud to say I'm fully vaccinated. It, it is really the only path out to, to recovery. And yeah, the, the fact that we want to ensure that we're keeping our communities safe, then I would fully support vaccinations for anyone entering Tasmania. So, Sarah, do you have any uh, any last comments you want to make about what the future holds for tourism in Australia, in the world? Yeah, I mean, the, we're seeing such great numbers and, and great response and bounce back in global tourism, uh, especially in the Northern Hemisphere at the moment. And it's really exciting to see that. I think we're quite sheltered from, from what's happening there. And you, we obviously need to deal with our own situation here. But just the trends that we're seeing there, really, it, it's exciting for what the future holds. And I think that the future is very bright and especially for Tasmania. Um, so, yeah, it's been a really, really tough 18 months and I definitely take my hat off to those owner-operators um, as well. But we absolutely need you because that is the heart and soul of of what Tasmania is and, and that's what people want to come and see. The future is bright. Um, it's not... It's not going to be in the next couple of weeks, so we need to, you know, keep keep hanging on there. But, yeah, really excited to be be a part of it. So thank you, Sarah. That's some really great insights there, particularly from your experience from Intrepid Travel and your understanding as a global traveller and your, you know, your dealings with global travel around, you know, through your company. Thank you for that. I think the operators will appreciate hearing from you. So to finish off this interview, we've got this... Uh, the new thing that we've introduced called the Big Seven. Are you ready? I think so. Yeah, <laughs> okay, go. Quick, quick. Here we go. Um, Sarah, what's your favourite spot in Tasmania and why? Favourite place in Tasmania uh, would be Mariah Island. I was lucky enough to kind of grow up in Hobart, but with a place in, in Orford and spent a lot of time around Mariah Island, more so on the water side. So I learned to scuba dive there, um, very cold waters, but it was, you know, I was young. It was fun. Learned to bodyboard across it at Riedel's and yeah, flathead fish and 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 crayfish dive, etc. So yeah, it's it's the most one of the most amazing places in the world. I think Mariah Island. Aside from a country that intrepid travel takes visitors to, what's your favourite travel destination in the world? That's a really tough one. Um, <laughs> I think I will go with a continent being South America and Central America, throw that in there as well. I love Argentina, which is, you know, such a mix of, of South American culture, but also got that European influence. Um, and when I was backpacking there in 2006, we went up to Nicaragua in Central America and went to an island called Corn Islands or Islands de, Ma- de Maze, um, which was this Caribbean island uh, where we stayed in a hut for like three US dollars and the mama cooked us 
uh, beans and rice for dinner. It was pretty amazing. Um, so, Sarah, someone coming to Tasmania for the very first time in their life asks you what's the one thing they must do. Aside from Marara Island, what do you tell them? Yeah, well, being from Hobart, I would say you must visit Hobart. And I, I feel like there's just such a mix of amazing people, great food, the arts. Um, you know, I think just spending a couple of days cruising around Hobart. Um, it's it's like no other city in Australia or in the world. Um, different tact. You're walking the Overland Track uh, for five days with three other people. Anyone in the world, famous or not, living or dead, who are they and why? I'd really like to do the Overland Track, actually. I would say, and this could be slightly controversial, but I wouldn't mind having the uh, leader of the Taliban just to work out what the hell is going on over there, try and talk some sense into him. And I've always loved Barack Obama, so I would get him to join us and then probably Jacinta Ardern. So they they could probably ask the hard-hitting questions um, so that we can understand maybe, yeah, what's happening over in Afghanistan. A career in politics coming up for you? Is there some aspirations <laughs> there with that list of people? <laughs> I don't know. I think world leaders um, get so much exposure to, you know, what's going on. I think they would, yeah, have some very interesting conversations. Especially on the Overland Track where they can't get away and they wouldn't have a minder with them so they could just say what they wanted. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, sorry, I digress. Um, you're road tripping around Tasmania. What are you listening to in the car? Spotify Yacht Rock playlist, uh, probably featuring a lot of Fleetwood Mac. What? Spotify Yacht Rock? Yeah, Yacht Rock. Oh, I'm sorry. It's, Can you please tell us what that is? Uh, it's a great playlist that's created on Spotify. So you can just, anyone can tap into it, but some really good golden oldies. Um, yeah. Noted. Right. Checking that out later. When you arrive at your destination, what's your tipple of choice? Your favourite drink? Oh, I would have to say the House of Lena gin, uh, which I have with soda and cucumber. But I also do love a drop of uh, tazzy wine. So maybe the gala pinagree. Oh, I'm with you there. Uh, the last one, the big debate. <laughs> Curried Tasmanian scallops, a culinary delight or a culinary crime? Right, so this might not go down very well, but um, I don't like seafood very much, <laughs> which is really, really weird for a Tasmanian. I'll kind of only eat flathead or abalone that I've caught, so I won't have the scallops. <laughs> Excellent answer. Well, thank you, Sarah. That's the end of the Big Seven. Thank you for your time today. We really appreciate it. No, you're a busy lady. Um, and thank everybody for listening to today's episode of Talking Tourism. Um, remember to subscribe so you can hear the rest of the episodes that have been and those that are coming. We release them all the time. And remember to tell your friends so they can check them out too. So Talking Tourism is an initiative of the Tourism Industry Council Tasmania. I've been your host, Sam Denmead. I've been talking to Sarah Clark from Intrepid Travel and we'll catch up with you next time. You've been listening to Talking Tourism, brought to you by Tourism Industry Council Tasmania. For show notes, other materials and episodes, head to tict.com.au. Be sure to come back every fortnight for a new instalment of Talking Tourism. Talking Tourism.